Okay, so if you're anything like me, relationships, dating, love life, all of that can be a little chaotic and sometimes like really freaking hard. Um, so in this episode, we talk with the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world. Yeah, you heard me, the world, Nikita Thinkpen. She honestly opened my eyes to a lot of new ways to think about being selfish and why it's required in order for you to have lasting, meaningful relationships. We also dive into the ways to deepen intimacy and boost it because I know for those who are in long-term relationships that's a fear and that's a challenge that a lot of people run into is how do I keep something going uh when I've just been doing it for so long how do I how do I keep it spicy how does it stay new how do I still crave somebody so we answer all those questions and more and trust me there are a few mic drop moments in here so sit back take a listen Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm so excited to introduce our next guest, Nikita ThigPro. She is a balance and relationship advisor, CEO of ThigPro, and author of Selfish. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, thank you for having me. You know, I am thrilled to be here. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I feel like we can dive into a several different things as far <laughs> as all the things that you um, cover, but there are two topics uh, that I feel like are going to really resonate with our audience. All right. So one of them, I need you to explain a little bit more because when I read this, I wasn't exactly sure what you meant, but I got the general gist. So um, my question is why uh in uh, interna- uh internally oh my goodness i cannot speak mm-hmm. the question is why uh selfish lovers become forever lovers and live the most peaceful lives okay oh. i feel like i kind of understand what you're talking about but i kind of don't so what do you mean yeah no <laughs> that's a great point so what i mean is when you are intentionally selfish and for all of those that come from society's understanding of the word selfish, because I get this a lot too. I just want to back up for a quick second, because I know some people, including me, when I first had it downloaded into my spirit, that this was my jam, this was my revolution of all things being intentionally selfish. I had a visceral reaction to the thought that being selfish could be good as well. And so I just want to set the, the context for that a little bit. The reason I decided to take intentionally selfish and redefine it as something good. The new definition of it is a personal intimate gift to create your joy. The reason that I did that is after I had dug into the depths, because I'm a nerd, hashtag nerd for life all day, every day, no apologies for it. When I looked into the word selfish and realized that it got into our lexicon, into the Webster's and the Oxford Dictionary, because sometime in the 1600s, a Pentecostal bishop told women, his parishioners, that they were selfish if they denied their husbands access to their bodies. The only way, exactly, the only way that you were supposed to, by scripture, by the scriptures that they were going by at the time, to deny your husband if you were in fact officially married through the church, to the congregation, was if you were on your menses, which is menstruation for all of those who don't use the acronym or, or the shorthand term for it, or if you were literally pushing a baby out of your vagina. If those two things were not happening, you were not supposed to say no. And if you did, 
you were considered selfish. So that term got into our dictionary and started to literally guide how we saw our lives, not just as women, but as humans. So we mm-hmm. often I feel like this is making so much sense right now. You know what I'm saying? Why, why we give and give and give. Exactly. And it's, it's DNA at this point, right? Because the, the culture begets the community, begets the parenting, begets the children who grow up and re- repeat it all over again. So we were all, including me, who was born in the 70s, we're raised thinking, oh, give, don't say no. And not just sexually, because most of our parents weren't necessarily telling us like, give your bodies to your husbands. That's not necessarily how they were talking to us, but it was ingrained that you don't say no, that you give until you don't have anything else to give. And then when you don't have anything else to give, you find a new way to scrape something from the bottom of your core and give anyway. And we were constantly doing it. No was a bad word. So when I realized all of that, the nerd in me was rejecting the patriarchal definition of it in the first place, because I'm Mm. a woman who's been in a relationship for over 30 years, love my man to life. And I wish he would expect me to do anything other than what is out of integrity with me. I wish he would. I wish he would. Try it. Exactly. On any level and vice versa, right? Like I need to respect his boundaries. And if he's not in the mood for anything, I have to respect that. And it goes you know, in both directions. So once I realized that I took it broader than just the sexual definition that it came from, which made you think as a woman, because you were considered chattel, just plain old property of your man at that time, a man who you might not have actually signed up to marry, but that's a whole different conversation, (laughs) right? Like you were chattel. It went from don't say no, you're being egotistical. You're only thinking about yourself. How dare you when you have this man who has paid a dowry for you and who wants access to you and whatever version of that was coming up for you where you were coming from to now other women shame other women when they put up a boundary and say, no, I can't come to that event. No, I'm not available for this thing. No, I, I, I don't have bandwidth to meet with you this week. Oh, girl, you have to get on my calendar because my my schedule's full. What do you mean? I'm the exception. Why not? You're being selfish, right? Like we started to shame each other with that. And that created this whole vortex of us people pleasing. The most brilliant, the most ambitious, the most hardcore of us would still people please because we did not want to be seen as selfish. So of course, this ripples into every relationship not just your romantic forever lover relationships, but in every direction, your platonic girlfriends, your guy friends, your siblings, your coworkers, if you own your own company or you work as an entrepreneur, your direct reports, you start leaning into more of other people's expectations and you pull away from what you really want in the first place. Before you know it, you've accomplished a whole lot. Your portfolio is amazing and you feel completely disconnected from all of it that shows up in the bedroom too. If you're doing those same things, if you're having a hard time creating that boundary to protect yourself, to fuel yourself, to to feel juicy in and of yourself, then you're just giving to your person, male or female, you're giving all of yourself away. And then you're looking at them with resentment. Oh, how did I end up with you? Oh, this feels like we're roommates. Oh, I can't believe that I allowed myself to, to do this again with this other relationship. Because for most of us, it's not the first relationship oh, that no. we've right? That we've seen this pattern. Girl, you're speaking to a recovering <laughs> uh, people pleaser right here. I mean, Come on. 
I mean, hands up in the air. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one. That's for damn sure. Um, it's definitely something I have had to come to terms with and I'm definitely working on. And let me tell you, those, those little triggers and those little habits, they find a way to sneak back in. Yes, they do. And then you're like, excuse me, you have to have a little word with yourself. And you're like, (laughs) whoa, 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 we need to Mm -hmm. back up. This Mm -hmm. is too much. Exactly. Um, so I want to know. I mean, I have never really thought about it as far as like, you know, it being a trigger for almost resentment for your partner, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do we not let it get that far? Yeah, honestly. So this is where the, the being intentionally selfish and embracing it comes from. Now there's work. You can't go from, you know, hundreds and 400 plus years of a thought pattern to automatically like, oh, I heard this great podcast, this brilliant woman, Nikita said I should be selfish. That's it. I'm going to flip. It's typically not that easy, right? Like we have to really look if only. at, if only, if only, well, we have to look at the undergirth of what it is. So for me, gift is an acronym. When I say the new definition of being intentionally selfish is mm. a personal intimate gift to create your joy. The gift in and of itself is a tool. So G-I-F-T for everyone who's listening, driving, sitting on their Peloton right now and <laughs> doing whatever. When the G is for gratitude, it's something that most of us understand. We completely aligned with, I need to be in a space of gratitude. I need to be grateful. But mine's is a little bit deeper than that. It's you not allowing yourself to hide behind being grateful because that's basically what the Pentecostal bishop was saying. <laughs> you got a man, you better do whatever you're supposed to do to keep that man. You better show up whenever, even if you don't want to be touched, you better be, allow yourself to be touched anyway. Cause you know, marital rape wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing until very recently, quite honestly, right? Like legally all of it, but we lean into that. Oh, I should just be so grateful. I should be grateful to have this life. I should be grateful to have this job. I should be grateful to have this relationship. I should be grateful that wow, I'm single that and so toxic. Now that you're pointing, you're putting it on in that light. Like that's toxic. Absolutely. Because anything that we take as an extreme, including too much water can literally be the death of you. Right? So for me, that G and gift is making sure that you're not allowing gratitude, the, you know, the popular version of being grateful to be the death of you just because you have accomplished a lot or you know maybe you got your bachelor's your master's your certifications your license you had really good jobs great clinicals great residencies great internships whatever it is maybe you grew up in a family that by other people's standards is healthy and whole but you had a different experience don't hide behind what other people would say you should be so grateful for, because that's typically what we do. It doesn't mean don't be grateful, raise your vibration, be, feel good, accomplish, reflect and celebrate all the great things that you've done. And in parentheses, A and D, want more. The next step is that I, G-I-F-T, the I is imagining. So imagine more. What could life be if you didn't put restrictions on yourself? What could your relationship be if you didn't feel like you had to do, let's just say what your mom said you had to do in order to attract a human into your, your life? Oh, you don't, don't go up and talk to that person. They have to come to you. Well, 
maybe that's not who you are. Maybe you are a little bit bolder. Maybe you are the female that's like, I saw him. I like him. Let me go tell him what I think about him. Instead of feeling like, oh, got to sit over here in the corner and wait for him to potentially catch my eye and, you know, order me a drink. Maybe that's not who you are, but you've been playing someone else's narrative out loud. You've been leaning into someone else's story. And if you imagine yourself playing on your level and not anchor to someone else's tethers, your old coach, your old teacher, your parents, your guardians, that sibling that claims she knows or he knows so much better than you, whoever's narrative you're leaning into, imagine yourself having a relationship that wasn't about how they did it or how they said you're supposed to do it. The next step is the F in gift, which is forgiveness. Forgive yourself first and foremost for anything that didn't go according to plan that you might feel you contributed to, maybe because you allowed something. I just had a conversation with a power couple husband. I work with power couples, married women, entrepreneurs, and, and Oh, I love it. I love me a power couple. All day long. And I was meeting with the power husband, as we call him, the power hubby, um, privately. And he made a really good distinction of his ex-relationships and what was happening in his current 10 plus year marriage that he's been in right now. And I said, okay, what's the pattern you see? He was like, oh, Nikita, I don't really know if I see a pattern because sometimes our few brave men like to stay up here superficially. They don't want to dig down and, and get dirty and get messy. So I said, all right, I have this assignment that I give everyone. He's familiar. So I reflect the back. I call it the parking lot assignment. In your parking lot assignment, you're looking at where you have people in different positions of your life. The parking lot is kind of like, I'm going to coffee. We can go, we can catch a movie. We can just vibe and meet up real quick. But I'm not necessarily inviting the parking lot people to my graduation party. They're just people that when we meet up, it's all good. It's good energy but it's superficial. We're being nice to each other. We're not going anything low. They don't know nothing deep about me. I don't know nothing deep about them. Then we go into the building of our heart, our lives, our space. People who got inside your building, those are levels too. There's the foyer of your building. There's the living room. And for women, there's the kitchen. If you get back to the kitchen physically in someone's house, let alone in this proverbial example, that's where the deeper conversation has happened. That's the, oh, child, no, he didn't. That's the, oh, my goodness, oh my, did that really happen to you? Let me break out the Vaseline and my Tim's and, and, and go with you to handle that. That's where those deeper, real talk conversations happen. So we look at like, where are different people? But not just where, the part of the conversation that's most appropriate for, most applicable for this is why do we allow certain people to have certain positions in our lives? Why do certain people get to sit in the, the living room versus other people get to sit at the table in our you know, emotional kitchen, if you will, where decisions are made? What are we getting out of it? We got something. We wouldn't let anyone in our neighborhood if we weren't getting something out of it. So was it that edge, that spiciness, that risk-taking, that kind of pseudo-aggressive behavior that that ex-lover had with you? It was something that was a little bit of a turn on. Like, what did you get out of letting that person? Of course, before they went pure toxic, before they went, you know, over the top. It's never zero to 60. It's, it's never that easy. It's never. It's micro steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before that happened, but there's always a little hint. 
of, of where they're going. There's always something. It's acute gaslighting. Like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Like, no, because it wasn't that way. He's trying to make you think it's that way. And it's really right. Not. Right. And you're like, why right? are you fucking with my head right now? <laughs> exactly. But it's those little things that make you question your questions and not in a positive way. You start to really see these people as above you. Like, oh, you know what? When I started dating John, he just really made me think deeper. I thought I had the answers. He don't got the answers either. He's trying to flip head, manipulate you, but you're in love right now. You're infatuated. Them orgasms got you tripping, whatever the case is. We all been there. Listen, first par <laughs> taker. Okay. Totally understand. But it happens to us, those dopamine hits we're holding on. And with that, we forget not only what we were getting out of it, but we, we lose ourselves in the process. So now we've, we've X'd out John or Lisa or Tina. We're no longer with them. We've moved on. Maybe we're about single and savvy for ourselves. Maybe we've dated, you know, other fish in the pond for a little while, but we're looking at the world differently because we've not forgiven ourselves. We're blaming ourselves. I should have never took that drink when John came across the room. I should have never, right? Like we're holding ourselves down in a way that not even the world can do because we're more brutal with ourselves than any bully we've ever faced at oh, work. That's true. You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. Sometimes you yourself are your biggest bully. Like, look, I am, I will 100% admit I am my worst critic sometimes. Like, right. I, I always say I'm like, no one else can be as hard on me as I am on me. And that's actually taken some time for me to take a step back and be like, yeah. yo, you need to be nicer to yourself. Right. That And that's an honest reflection that a lot of us are so busy being booked and busy that we don't slow down to even see why these patterns keep coming up. And part of it is why I say we have to be intentionally selfish because if we give that ourselves that gift, we've given ourselves the gift of time to back up, to do the personal transformation work, to do the self-forgiveness work so we can get to that T and gift, which is to take action towards whatever part of what we imagined to be beautiful. I truly stand that we create our own realities and we can't create it if we don't have time to pull out the paper and the pencil and draw on the canvas, right? So in order to do that, that means you have to slow down the other things that are happening in your world. If your current lover, your ex-lover, your cousin is constantly coming to you, breastfeeding from you, making you feel like you can't have space to really do the work. That means we have to be intentionally selfish. It's literally a sign to yourself to back up and create more spaciousness so you can see what the world, your inner world, your universe has been trying to tell you. Slow down, girl. Calm down. You, you got this, but I need you to hear that inner child is still driving some of these adult decisions. You won't hear it if you just keeping yourself booked and busy because that's, an, that's another version of noise that's going yeah. on. You know, and I, I am a firm believer that you also, once you start doing this type of work and you start realizing things, you'll start to feel when your boundaries are being pushed a little, yeah. not necessarily crossed, but when you come across someone or somebody's energy who kind of pushes against it a little bit, yeah. um, and that's an automatic turnoff. Like it's mm -hmm. taking me a while to get to that point and to yeah. realize what that is that I'm feeling. Yeah. But it's like nothing against you personally. It's I I don't like the way the energy feels. I don't like that I'm being, 
you know, I, that I feel like I'm being pushed against mm-hmm. and I'm just going to remove myself. That's right. That's right. It, it's w- so simple. And what, and simple isn't always easy, right? No. Oh my right? goodness. <laughs> Two different words. Mm-hmm. Two totally different. And to your point is you're paying attention to yourself, which a lot of the high achieving, independent, sexy, brilliant women are not slowing down enough to hear the answers that are right there. You knew in your gut 10 years ago, before any of the work, potentially before, you might've been doing the work longer than that, but let's just say 10 years ago, before you even came into personal development, self-development, all the growth and development world, you would be sitting next to someone on a bus, on a train, on an airplane, and you would get the vibe that this is not the person. You, you would feel it intuitively. Women have such a deep sense for this. Sometimes we don't have the language for it. Sometimes we don't know what to call it. And depending on your religious paradigms and all that, it may make you question if it is a thing, but you feel it when you're like, Mm-mm, I need to get up and move. I need to not have this conversation just to pass the time to make that person comfortable because that person has now leached onto me. Somehow in that conversation on the airplane, I gave this dude my number. I don't know why I didn't even like him. I don't know why I did that. I was just trying to get out of the situation. But now I find myself taking his calls. Now I find myself receiving the follow-up DMs and all the things. And somehow he went from, you know, it was nice meeting you onto the plane to, you know, how do you like your penis? Like, you know, things just went extreme. And those things happen really rapidly when we're stuck in that throttle of people pleasing or we'll do what toxic people do and we'll ghost people when all we had to do was have a definitive conversation. You know what, John, who's sitting next to me, I'm sorry for all the Johns in the world. I know there are a lot of good Johns (laughs) out there, but I call everybody John, Tina, and Lisa. And I promise you, I've never had a John, Tina, or Lisa do anything to me in my life, but maybe in another (laughs) lifetime. But this proverbial example of John was sitting next to you oh, you know, where are you coming from? Where do you do? Where are you just, where are you going home? Are you coming from all the little talk that he wants to do? John, I appreciate your um, inquisitiveness, but I just want to read my book. I'm I'm just going to sit here and listen to my, my audio book, my podcast. It don't matter if you ain't got earphones in. That's not his business, but just being able to cut it off at the knees because you intuited that it's happened makes a huge difference and you not carrying that emotional burden of having to people please one more time, one more person, because now you get off the plane, the person receiving you is excited to see you, but you're heavy. You, you feel disconnected from yourself because you weren't honoring your intuition. All of these things matter and all of these things get strengthened when you make the spaciousness for yourself. And you do that by being intentionally selfish. Oh, I feel like there was a huge mic drop right there. Um, I completely and totally agree. And as someone who's in the dating world, um, it is a trap that I fall into sometimes. Definitely. Um, And I know I'm not the only one. You are not. You know, it's one of those things where I'm just like, 
I have the gift of gab and I can kind of just talk to anybody, um, which is a blessing and a curse in the dating world. Um, so sometimes you just like, you're like, you don't intentionally mean to be giving off the vibes that you're interested. You're just like, Hey, I just have a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's about mm -hmm. it. So it, it's definitely like realizing, okay, from the jump, am I interested? Am I not interested? Okay. You know, let's just, call it good, you know, yeah. great. Thanks for taking the time. Have a nice life type of situation. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and to your earlier point and your earlier question, how does being intentionally selfish create better lovers? Yeah. Because think of it, all of that energy that you're no longer giving away, all of that good, you know, for the mothers out there, most of us call the milk the golden milk, right? If you're a breastfeeding mother, or even if you're not, but just like knowing that that's what it's called, just think you've been giving out the golden milk, <laughs> your energetic milk to all the people. Many of them haven't earned it. Most of them don't deserve it, but you get, so now what goes into breastfeeding, you got to hydrate, you got to stay nutrient, you got to stay fit. You got to do all these things to keep that golden milk as golden as possible, but you've been doing it to just give it all away. So you're exhausting the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual person who's been trying to stay fit and strong so the golden milk stays premium for your right person, but you've exhausted so much of it. So imagine not exhausting it on all those people anymore. The sibling that just comes to get under your skin. They don't want nothing but to start some trouble because they're still thinking you're 13 when they used to be able to get one over on you. Now you're 33 or whatever the case is and they're still trying to angle that way. They're your sibling. You love them. They're your mother, your father, whoever. I love you and not today. I'll see you at the holiday party. Let me know if you need something within my boundary. Happy to do it but time doses because you've already shown me that you haven't earned it and you don't deserve literally golden milk slash your energy, your time, your resources, you don't deserve it. So now forever lover comes. Now I got spaciousness and premium milk because it's been in reserve. I've been loving on me. I've been keeping myself right. Not just for you, for me, because I'm making sure that I'm the premium level that I want to be with all the work and all the things that I have to do to constantly evolve. So now when forever lover comes into my ecosystem, I have so much amazingness to give, including expanded boundaries, including no codependency, including no reason to lose myself or dim myself for you because I've attracted you on my level. I've already brought someone into my ecosystem just by staying ready. And I can do that because I stopped breastfeeding the world and all the people who didn't deserve it. Oh, uh, I mean, I have nothing for that because as, as far as I'm concerned, that's exactly the level in which we all need to be aiming for. Um, another question that I wanted to ask you are, you know, we kind of let's touch on this a, a little bit more. I mean, we kind of did a little bit, but uh, when it comes to intimacy, because I know that we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about, you know, us you know, single ladies out there, but I know uh that obviously we're not the only ones. There's lovely, lovely ladies who are in great relationships as well. But what are top, what are the top five ways to deepen connection with your lover um, and boost intimacy? Because I know that that's also a fear too, is that you lose that over time. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be your reality, but it can come, you know, par for the course if you're not careful and you're monitoring. So I put 
I come from a clinical background. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and trauma specialist by background before 11 years ago, I became the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world, right? So remembering that context, I speak in a lot of acronyms. So you have to forgive me upfront, <laughs> just coming from the medical world, right? So I created an, it's just an acronym because it was easy for me called catch. So if you want to catch and keep your forever lover that, and this works both for the single and savvy, you know, brilliant, beautiful women like you that are like, listen, I'm fine all by myself. And when I attract someone who is my partner, my forever lover, we'll just be better together, but I'm absolutely fine by myself. Should I be interested I want to just, I don't want to just catch you. I want to keep you right. Like I want to, and I don't mean keep you as property. I want to keep you as part of my ecosystem, as part of my, my building. I want to move you from the parking lot, right. Into my kitchen. <laughs> you, you can take that so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it in all, all the best ways if it's consensual. Right. So the catch acronym is C-A-T-C-H. So it's literally catch, like to catch something. The first C is being consistent in whatever you said you were going to complete. So if you say for, and this is for yourself as well as when you're in the relationship. So I want you guys that are listening to look at it from both angles. If you said to yourself, I'm going to do my affirmations every day so I can raise my vibrations and make sure that I am keeping my self-actualization and optimization process first and foremost at all times. And then you did it for two weeks and you dropped off. Well, you're not being consistent and you're not completing, especially if you gave yourself a time frame. Like I'm going to do this for 90 days because I realized that I'm having a lot of negative thoughts and I'm catastrophizing, whatever it is that was going on. You have to be consistent with what you say you're going to do first before you can expect your forever lover to also be consistent. Because that's one of the biggest issues in relationships besides finances and communication is the inconsistency of whoever your forever lover is. Well, when we started dating, they would do all the things. They were constantly on stage performing for me, opening doors, you know, making sure they walked on the left hand of the side of the street. They were doing all of it. And then they just got comfortable. And now I feel like they don't even pay attention to the fact that I was 10 feet behind them getting my stuff out the car. Like people lose that over time. But here's the thing. If we're looking at what other people, including your forever lover, isn't doing, are we also looking at what we're not doing? Because it's so easy to point the finger. And what do they say? You point one this way, there's three like pointing four, back at you. Three pointing back right, at you. exactly. <laughs> Depending on your awkwardness of your forever lover. <laughs> <laughs> right? So the first is literally being consistent. If you said you're going to do a thing, be consistent. We'll get to how to clarify that if life changes it for some reason. The A is being aware of your own flaws, not just pointing out the other. So single or in relationship, where do you need to improve? Like, you know, we're all fantastic people if you've been doing the work, but nobody's perfect. We no. could all, you know, stand to change something. Maybe you eat a lot of garlic and then expected a kiss right after, not thinking that that was a problem. Mm, maybe it is a problem. Like maybe there's like tiny little superficial things. There also could be deeper things. Like maybe you're impulsive or you get irritable really fast and just expect whoever is around you to back up and automatically understand that you're irritable 
and you haven't shared <laughs> what's going on with you. Like just really looking at, is this a flaw that I need to fold in and accept that this is a part of what makes me different? Or is this a flaw that I can fix and do some work towards correcting? So the A is be aware, be consistent, be aware. The T is taking time for you. This is hashtag be intentionally selfish, right? If you don't make time for you, what in the world makes you think that your lover is going to have time for you? What makes you think that you're going to show up with that dedicated time, that hour, a week, date night, that vacation, and actually be present? You're not. You're If you're an ambitious and high-achieving woman, you're already thinking, oh, I forgot to send this project. I got to send that contract. I got to do Guilty. this. <laughs> right? First partaker. Guilty. How I know. <laughs> right? But that's what happens. And then we'll be quick to be like, oh, this is why this relationship didn't work. Or this is why I'm having such a trouble with, with this other one is they're doing this, they're doing that, but we're not looking at us. Where can we be more consistent? Also, if you're in a relationship, where is inconsistency showing up for your relationship? Be aware of your flaws. What do you want to fix? What do you want to fold in? Also, not pointing out your forever lover's flaws if you're in a relationship, but what is going on in the relationship that could be better? Are you both, you thought it was cute to always sit on a couch, watch Netflix and eat popcorn, but then you realize, hmm, the last six months, that's all they wanted to do. And I actually am a pretty adventurous person. I actually do want to get up and go play tennis or something occasionally. Like I want to get up for our date. Like, did were you complicit in, in how that unfolded as the expected norm? And they were like, well, this is what we've been doing. And you're like, yeah, but I didn't want this to be forever. I didn't want us to always just sit in the house and sit on two opposite ends of the couch. Like, that's not what I intended, even if I was, quote unquote, okay with being still. Because we hear that from a lot of the men. I just want a woman who's okay with not doing all the Instagram things that we can relax and not want a camera in our face. And they'll meet a woman that's like, yeah, I'm chill. I don't want that. But that doesn't mean that's, that's all she wants all the time. Sometimes she wants to be shown off. She wants to go out. She wants to do a thing. So just looking at where that awareness shows up for you and being aware of what you really want in your relationship versus what you've been tolerating. Remember that T is the time for you. And then, of course, if you make time for you, you'll be more, more than likely to make time for your forever lover. The second C and catch, C-A-T-C-H, is communicating. Got, right? I'm not better at that. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I can't read your mind. All right. That, I mean, I'm talented, but I, that is not one of my talents. Exactly. I'm not a mind reader either. Communication, again, second to financial misconduct miscommunication and issues and mishandlings is the second reason that otherwise healthy relationships fall apart, dissipate, or they just cohabit and they become roommates instead of lovers, right? Because that's a thing. You can be in a 20 plus year relationship where the world is like, oh, that's so awesome. You're, you've been with your man, your woman for so long. And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, we have been, but at this point, all we got is history. We don't really you know, we're literally passing ships. We don't really do anything but handle the business of our life. There's no personal, there's no bedroom juiciness. There might even be sex, but it feels like an obligation or a chore, not something we were craving and want. That's one of my favorite questions to ask during a consultation with power couples, potential power couples at that point. 
When was the last time you craved each other? If you can't say that you still crave and you wake up and you're like, mm, I just can't wait to whatever that is, to give them a kiss, to make them tea, to do some tea, you know, whatever, whatever that is. If you can't say that you have cravings often, it's because you both become comfortable with the mundaneness that's coming up in your relationship, which does not make for bliss. It just makes for a long-term friendship. Ooh. Really? Ooh. And I'll just wrap that up with the H and catch is honor your agreements, which literally cycles you right back to being consistent with whatever you're supposed to complete. Honor your agreements, which includes if life is hitting you, there's a tsunami, a storm that says, you know what? I know I promised I do the dishes every Wednesday and Friday, honey, but now I have this new role, this new promotion, those days won't just communicate it versus saying, well, you should have just understood that you see that I'm working late on Wednesdays and Fridays. Why would you think that I could, I don't know, continue to do the dishes? Like maybe just share it anyway. It's, there's no problem with being what my husband would uh, accuse me of very often is be like, all right, Captain Obvious. But like, yeah, but being obvious. So there's no miscommunication. Like yeah. let, let me say what's understood. So you can never say that you didn't know that that should have been understood. Well, being just very direct and very, clear. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, I don't think it's that hard because I'm naturally a very direct person, yeah. but it's, it's complicated out there, especially in that dating realm and things can get twisted so fast. Um, okay. So to kind of wrap this up, where can people follow you, get in touch with you, all of that stuff. I'm going to say the best place to go is come meet me on LinkedIn send me a direct message. Let me know that you heard me on the So She Slays podcast, baby. Hey. Right. And potentially let's have tea, like a 15 minute conversation. If not, let's just connect online and tell me what you're doing in the world so I can support you, vice versa. Um, the second thing is if you're open, I will give your listeners a PDF copy of my book, Selfish. Um, if that's helpful, I'm happy. Yes, to do that. yes, we would absolutely love to be able to share that with Slay Nation. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I feel like we learned a lot. Um, and until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. Bye.